0: What's going on? I mean, are are we is twenty twenty going to be where the world falls apart? Is it going to happen in twenty nineteen, or are we just creating this false narrative? Hey, welcome to the Tom Ferry Show. This is a powerful interview I just conducted with Steve Harney, founder of KCM. It is so important right now for you to understand what's going on in the market, so you can educate your buyers and sellers. Watch this show. I just want to start by saying that if you are like myself and like so many of the rockstar agents, myself and my coaches are talking to from around the world, uh, you're, you're experiencing, you're hearing, you're feeling a very obvious shift in the real estate market. And what do we know? What do we know? We know that when change occurs, right? Any change occurs, it could create a little worry for some people. It could even create doubt for some people. And when those things happen, right? When change occurs, right? A subtle shift in the market, right? Could be positive, even could be negative, right? Could be neutral. Any shift in the economy, any shift in the real estate market, we start to create that doubt, that worry, that fear, that cynicism. And the challenge that you and I both know is that when we're in that state, right? emotionally and mentally, when we're in that state, we zap our performance, we're no longer efficient. Someone says, how's the market? And they're trying to figure out, should they buy or should they sell? And what comes out of your mouth is horrible. So my intention today, my friends, is to solve that. My intention is you know, to have you, I actually wrote down in my notes, to educate you on the truth about the market, the facts, the stats, the data around the market, and the language that you could be using to better educate, inform, and assist your clients in making good decisions, whether they should be buying or selling or not. Now, to do that, I'm not gonna do it alone. You saw all the social marketing, you saw everything we did about this. Uh, I've asked a guy who tens of thousands of people in the residential real estate world turn to every single month, to understand what's happening in the market and to be able to say it to our clients in the right way, to educate them in the right way, to control our own personal narrative. This is the guy that you know predicted the collapse of the real estate economy back in you know, seven, eight, nine. He was calling every one of his friends and saying, hey man, you better button up, you better sell your business or you better start making some changes and saving more cash because the world's about to get interesting. This is the guy that myself and so many people refer to as the oracle of real estate. So he is the legend. He is the founder of KCM, Keeping Current Matters. His name is Mr. Steve Harney. Steve, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much, Tom. I, it's an honor anytime I get to share my my thinking with the
1: people that follow you, because as you know, I really think they're the strongest army of realtors in the country, um, in the world. They. Uh, the people who follow you and take the time, energy, and money to invest in themselves to be better means I'm talking to the best agents, you know, in the world right now. Yes, you and are. That makes wow. me very, 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 very excited because I know they can impact their market because of who they are. So sharing my thoughts with them, it gets so much uh, higher return on, on investment for me because I know that message is going to be sent out properly into the marketplace.
0: There's no doubt, Steve. You and I both know that uh, at least in the U.S. market, with 1.3 million agents only 43,000 of them are selling more than 25 transactions a year. And you know our 7,000 plus coaching members, and then all of our friends that are you know, on all these social channels that are watching that maybe aren't a direct coaching client, but they're an advocate, they're in our ecosystem. Our coaching members are averaging over 35 transactions this year. So you're exactly right. When these guys and gals are armed with the right tools, the right information, they're more likely to educate and inform people to make good decisions. And that's what today's about. But I thought what I would do for, you know, for many people that do plug into KCM is, you know, we want to destroy some of the myths. We want to get them out of their head. So, so I, I, I've got seven questions that I want to get to, and I hopefully we can get to all of them today. To, to destroy the myth, to educate them, and then a big part of this is, somebody knocking on the door there? All right, that was, I think that may have been on your end. All good.
1: I should have I paid that phone bill. I knew I should have paid that <laughs>
0: phone bill. I love it. So let's destroy the myths and let's speak through the fear and the language that we're hearing right now amongst a certain set of agents. So question number one, Steve, I'm going to go right at you. Does the fact that listings and price adjustments are increasing... Mean that we are heading into another 2008 again. You know, I, I
1: get that question a lot
0: from the KCM
1: members, also, and and the first thing that comes to me is I start to giggle, you know, because I remember a year ago, the two things that everybody in the industry was praying for, getting down on their knees and praying to the gods for, was well, we have to get these you know these prices to slow down because we are going to head to another bubble if they don't start to moderate some, and. Yeah you know what we need? We, we don't have enough listings. We have all these buyers out there that can't find a house to sell. We need more listings. So they got down on their knees a year ago, prayed to the gods to please give me two things, listings and leveling off of prices. And now that prices are leveling off and listings are coming to the market, now they're scared. God answered your prayers. Those were the two things this market needed. It doesn't mean that we have a challenge. Now, I think that some homeowners and some agents on the fast side, on the forward side, say, well, listen, you know, prices are going up in some marketplace 12% a year. So if they thought it was going to take 90 days to close, they might have added three, 4% onto the price of that house. Well, now they got to adjust that because prices aren't going up 12% a year, 1% a month, 2% a month. They're going up, you know, much less than that, a little less than 6% nationally. So of course, is price appreciation slows down. We're not talking depreciation. But as the level of appreciation starts to decelerate, people are starting to get nervous. When in reality, this is exactly what the market needed to continue moving forward positively.
0: Steve, don't you think a big part of this is um, so many agents, and, and I'm not referring to our base, but you know, maybe a few of them out there. So many of them have been walking in on listing appointments and saying, I get the highest possible price. I do it the fastest, like whatever it takes and now they're stuck. Like, I've got to shift my own language. I've got to be more direct. I've got to be more honest. I've got to do a better job educating the old market versus the new market. But if they keep doing the same thing, right, they're going to miss the mark and that's why they're feeling the pain. Do you think that's some of it? I think that's a lot
1: of it, not just some of it. I think that fundamentals have to change and they have to know what the new fundamentals are and they have to get trained. You know, at KCM, we don't train people on the fundamentals. We train them on what's taking place in the market. But I know anyone on this call, at least, at least your coaching clients, they're the best trained on fundamentals there are in the industry. So I don't worry about that piece of it. What I am a little bit concerned about is they understand what's going to take place. And when they're on those appointments, not saying I'm going to get you the best price, say, let me help you understand what's happening with pricing right now. And I'm going to try to get you the best price available in this market. But I want to explain to you what's happening nationally, what's happening statewide, and what's happening locally. with prices so we don't go in there with expectations that can't be met. So just changing the word some, you know, not just, well, we'll get you whatever you want, to a more reasonable, let's take a look at the market and let's move on from there.
0: Yeah. And if they watched the Tom Ferry show yesterday, we gave a lot of dialogues on old market versus new market. And we're just referring to it, old market, new market's going to help. But Steve, I'm actually going to jump down on my list because I want to go back to this, that first question, right? Does the fact that we're seeing, you know, inventory increase you know prices are you know they look like they're softening we're getting way more price reductions than we ever have before you know is 2008 going to happen again and I'm gonna I'm gonna take that plus my question number six is we keep hearing about an impending recession like what's what's going on I mean are, are we is 2020 gonna be where the world falls apart is it going to happen in 2019 or are we just creating this false narrative All right well I think you asked
1: me four questions. I'm going to hope to get all four of them answered on this one. All right. So let's start with the recession piece, because that's the piece that probably piqued everyone's attention. Yep. Where the narrative that there is a recession coming, and a recession has to come, I want everyone to understand. It's not like we can avoid a recession coming. So we'll get to where it, you know, when it's coming and uh, what impact it's going to have on housing, which were the two other questions you asked me. But before we get started, I want you to understand where that narrative even originated. Earlier this year, the Wall Street Journal surveyed 35 economists. That same month or maybe six weeks later, Pulsomics surveyed over 100 uh, economists, market analysts, and real estate experts and said, when do you think the next recession is coming? Those two surveys, the number one year in both surveys was 2020 because there were two separate surveys, both saying the same thing. Everyone ran with the narrative, well, the next recession is coming in 2020. I will let you know, since those surveys were taken, people are starting to push that back a little bit to 2021, probably. But I don't want anyone here to get afraid of the word recession. I don't want them to use the word recession, because I think the word recession in the public's mind means housing crisis. There's a direct correlation in their mind that if we have a recession, prices are going to drop 30 percent, because that's what happened the last time. So if one of, like, your uncle or your aunt at at, Christmas dinner or holiday season said you meet meet up with them and they say, well, there's a recession. Change the words to, yeah, there's definitely going to be an economic slowdown. Somewhere along the path, and maybe late 2020, now 2021 is what most people are saying, the economy is going to slow down. And the reason the economy is going to slow down is because it's doing so well right now. It can't continue that pace. So, yes, there is a, uh, an economic slowdown coming. Don't use the word recession. Use the definition. I'm not trying to tell you to cheat people. The definition of recession, all right, is an economic slowdown for two straight quarters. That's what they So I want you to use the definition, not the word. Because the word, and you do this so well, the importance of words are crucial. It's not what you say to the client. It's what the client hears when you say it. And if you use the word recession, they're in, in mind there's housing crisis. And they don't hear anything else you say past that. Okay? Now, the next step is that the, um, if you use the word economic slowdown, let them know. It is funny because you have Allison uh, Khan is one of your coaching clients. And she reached out to me yesterday and she said, I want to take an exception. She did it a very nice way. To one of the graphs you have because I saw another graph that says something a little bit different. So I want to reach out there and say, thanks a lot for having the coverage to so get my face and say, Steve, take a look at this, these numbers again, because I love to be checked on this stuff. But what, what the original graph she was looking at, the last six recessions, the last six recessions, um, obviously, home prices dropped dramatically the last time in 2008. The five before that, prices actually increased a little bit in each of those recessions. What Allison brought up was, well, Steve, I've looked at the Case Shiller number, and that actually fell about a one and a half percent in 1991 recession. We're looking at the the Fed numbers, and sometimes data looks a little bit differently. There's a time lapse and exactly what houses they're looking at. So maybe it fell a little bit or maybe it went up a little bit right there. But in each of the other four, it was there was a positive to it. So I I want your people to understand that prices are not going to crash. That's not happening. So is a recession, an economic slowdown coming? Yes. Is another housing crisis coming? Absolutely not. And there's at least six data points that we could
0: use to prove that. So, so help us understand, what do you think is going to happen with home values next year? And I know we're, talking, we're going to talk national and then they need to look local, but what's going to happen nationally? Well,
1: when they're looking at home prices, I want them to look local, no, no question about that. But I want you to understand that the challenges we had in 2007 and 2008 it didn't have anything to do with a local market. We tried to make that happen at the beginning. Remember when California yeah. and Nevada and Arizona and Florida started? We said, oh, they're just the sand states. It's not going to happen to us. Well, you know, we were wrong about that. All right. So I think that what's going to take place going forward, and what I think doesn't matter, but though I do agree with the mo- you know, most people, we just looked and we just had, had them adjusted because the uh, new projections came out. We looked at 100. And we didn't stop at 100, it just happened to be 100. We looked at 100 of the leading um, uh, housing economists, real estate experts, market analysts. We looked at their projections going through next year. And we said, what do those 100 people say individually? 94% say houses are going to continue to appreciate. 94 out of 100. Two out of that 100 say, we're going to about b- break even. And the other four think we're going to depreciate slightly. So this Armageddon thinking that prices are starting to fall and price breaks are coming in so many listings, that's it. The market's going to crash. I'm going to lose 30% value. Well, you might believe that. You might have a YouTube person that put some YouTube out saying that, right? because there's a lot of that going on. Um, But what do the experts say? 94% say we're going to have appreciation. How much appreciation? About 4.5% which is still higher than historical averages. The historical average on, on home appreciation is about 3.6. They're projecting that it's going to be a point higher than that. Now, moving forward, the ones who project more than one year out, they think we're going to get back to more normal appreciation. But if you, you project them everyone out for five years who makes a projection, there is no one in any one of those five years calling for depreciation. Not one. We put them in green numbers if they're
0: positive, red numbers if there's no red on that chart. None. So you've got, I just want to just, if I hear this correctly, 100 of the most trusted real estate economists in the country. 94% are saying up, 2% are saying basically flat, and 4, right. 4% are saying down. Right, exactly. But, okay, so, so but Steve, let me back it up with another question. But what about the rise of interest rates? Couldn't that impact, you know, forget home prices? What's going to happen with the number of transactions next year? Well, that that's a really good question. So let's take a look at that. There is no doubt
1: that the rise in interest rates over the last two months, definitely three months, definitely had an impact on buyer psychology. You know, and I think that what you're seeing there is you're seeing, wait a second, sticker shock. Wait a second, everyone I know got a mortgage because you have to take a look at a millennial. Millennials in their entire adult lifetime. Mortgage uh, rates weren't over 5%. So now there's two things we have to take a look at. Number one is the reason most people projected interest rates were going to continue to go up is the economy got better. The Fed was going to continue to raise rates, and that would drive mortgage rates up. Well, now the Fed's backing up saying, well, we don't know if we're going to raise rates, all right? And what happened to mortgage rates immediately? Well, they started to slide back down a little. So, I, first of all, I don't know that we're going to have that dramatic increase in interest rates that some had been calling for. We still give the projections that Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae give, but I'm not sure even they're starting to slow that down a little bit. And number two is once they get over a sticker, sticker shock. You know, I went out and my wife and I buy a new car. And the, uh, so I wanted to buy the new Lincoln Town Car, the brand new, you know, Lincoln Town Car. So we went to a Lincoln dealership. She heard the, the, the number. She said, forget about it. We're never paying that much for a car. I said, all right, no problem as far as that's concerned. Let's go look. And we looked and we looked and we looked. And there's no, no car that had everything that she wanted in it, like Lincoln Town car. So now where are we going now? Back to the Lincoln Town car. She's over the sticker shock because the sticker shock immediately made her say, no way, just like it's making some buyers say, no way. But then when they get back to, well, I still got to pay rent. And my rent's going up. Wait a second, what am I doing here? And then they'll relook at it. Because and what your agents need to do, what your coaching clients need to do is they need to get that graph that we have or that table we have showing where interest rates were over the decades. In the yes. 70s, they were at 8%. In the 90s, they were at, I forget exactly which decades were which, but in the decades they were like 8%, 12%, 8%, 6%. And as people start to realize, they might not get it, be getting the same interest rate their brother-in-law got last year, but they're getting a better interest rate than their Older brother did 10 years ago, their parents did 20 years ago, and their grandparents did 40 years ago. So everything is relative. And once they get past that sticker shock, I don't know that interest rates are going to cause a challenge. Who agrees with me? National Association of Realtors, Mortgage Banking Association, uh, and Freddie Mac all say that we're going to have more transactions in 2020, not only than we had in, in 2019, I should say, not only more than we had in 2018. The three of them are projecting we're going to have more transactions than we did in 2017. I mean,
0: doesn't that well, just, I mean, deal. just from a logical standpoint, we look at the the, the pent up demand of the number of buyers that are coming into the market and, and look, maybe, maybe update us on the builders too. What's happening with the builders? Are we seeing more sticks in the air? Are we seeing more building opportunity? Yes, it, it, it's not where it needs to be. Um,
1: uh, first American came out a report just recently that we're probably, I think it was, was the First American or, uh, or Freddie Mac, that we're about two and a half million houses underbuilt. Mm-hmm. We should have built two and a half million more houses over the last several years. So we're still underbuilt. You'll see more of it. Uh, and I think that that will relieve some of the pressure. But I will tell you one thing your agents have to understand. The the inventory levels are going to rise. We're not going to have as much of an issue with inventory. Maybe at the starter home level, we're going to have to work a lot harder. but at the upper level, most of your best listings are not going to come from you going out to a, a luxury property. It's going to be to get the luxury property already on the market listed right. So if it's yours, list the price right. If it's someone else's, grab that expired and list it right. That's how you get listings at the upper end. The people are already on the market. They're just on the market at the wrong price. At the starter home, in the mid-range level, I agree with you, we're going to need some inventory. But what we're missing is, we didn't get inventory at those bottom two levels. Even though inventory went up, we're just now getting inventory. All that pent-up demand that nobody, that, you know, things slowed up over the last six months, those kids are still, their babies, their, their newborns, are still living in a crib in their in their bedroom. Well, that's not going to last long. All those people that were out ready to buy a house said, you know what, you know, I'm not sure if I should buy a house now. Their landlord's, landlord's going to raise their rent in January. You know what that's going to cause them to do? hey, wait a second, what am I doing here? Do all the reports coming out now, and there was a great report that came out that said the number one priority of millennials is to save for retirement. The number two priority is to buy a house. And the th- number three priority is to get married. We did everything the, the other way back in the day. the exact opposite. We got married, bought a house, and I'm worried about retirement. They're going the other way. What we have to let them know is if their number two requirement or their two, number two priority, I should say, is they want to buy a house right now, that's the answer to their number one priority. That's the best way to save for your retirement. Yeah. And as more of that information comes out, you know, people over 65 that are renters in the bank, their net worth, $5,700. Homeowners at the age of 65, it's a little over $300,000, their net worth. So, All right. so, As millennials see that, as long as we get that message out, there are two major priorities, buying a house and saving retirement
0: they could accomplish by sitting with us and figuring out how to get that house. I want to go back to, so I want to be clear. You're saying that in 2019, we should expect more transactions than we did this year, correct? Nominally more. Okay. I think I
1: think the, the way to look at 2019 is we're going to have at least the year we had in 2017. Right? So, 2017
0: was a really good year for yeah. a lot of people.
1: NAR, Mortgage Bank Association, and Freddie Mac are all projecting we're going to have more uh, transactions in 2019 than we did even in 2017 a little bit more but again last year was a great year yeah this year has really been a really good year mentally we've made it a worse year than it really is and i hope that didn't transfer to the clients because if if they come to us and say well here the market's a little shaky and we say oh yeah it is well now we just cemented their belief they're not doing anything yeah. What we have to do is not cherry, you know, not not look at the rose colored glasses, tell them well you're right. This is what the challenges are, here are where the opportunities are, and this is what we think is gonna go- happen going in the future. And our opinion about what's going in the future is not based on what I hope happens. Let me give you some information that we, we put together. Yeah. And that's yeah. what KCM's all about, obviously. So
0: now more than ever, being the, being the authority and being the educator, which you know, you and I have been talking about for a decade. All right, so I, I can't help but think if the feds and if the feds are easing and interest rates are easing, you know we've been in this cycle before. We've seen the impact of this if they if they keep rates you know where they are or lower, couldn't that also be like the a sign of a bubble? Well a bubble is the the, the bubble
1: part of this always makes me laugh a little bit because there are so many things that get involved in a bubble, all right interest rates. Interest rates were not an indicator of the last bubble, but let's take a look at things that were. Because interest rates are now ticking up, people are starting to take the cash out of their houses because they want to try to do it now instead of later. Yep. So some people are looking at you know the amount of cash out refinances. And there are blogs out there. There are people talking about, listen, cash out refinances are starting to increase pretty dramatically. That's what happened in 2006 and 2007. And these people are doing crazy stuff again. We're about ready to have another bubble and bust. Because they're pulling the cash out of their houses. Well, well, let the time out. Let's calm down a little bit and let's take a little deeper look at the numbers, not just the headline. It is true that many more people are taking equity out of their house. There's no question about that. But let's like take a look at the numbers. If you look at 2005, 2006, and 2007, the people took out $824 billion in equity out of their homes, left their homes with no equity. Today, Tappable equity, meaning we're going to leave 20% in. Tappable equity is up 21% over the bubble numbers. All right, so we're up 21. We have more equity to pull out, and over the last three years, people have pulled out 172 billion. Now, 172 billion seems like a big number, but it's less than a quarter of what was pulled out back then. Back then, people were taking out, you know, equity loans to, to, to you know buy a new car cash, to buy jet skis, to go on a lavish vacation with their wife or their husband. All right, That's where they were pulling cash out. They were taking money out of an appreciating asset and putting it into a depreciating asset. Now people, what are people doing? They're going back to what America stood for with equity. They come up with a good business idea. All of a sudden they say, you know what? I think this could work. You have to look at Shark Tank just one night to realize that that's still the American dream. right, And now they're saying... For the last 10 years, if they came up with a good idea and put it to a plan, they had to put that plan away because there's no equity in their house. They couldn't put the plan into action. Now they can. They can pull that. I'm not talking about, you know, crazy numbers. They can pull ten dollars or $15,000 out of the house and get that business started. Their kid comes to them. They want to go to college. Well, for 100 years in this country, parents invested in their children and their children's education because they knew what the other side of it, they we're going to get a great return on that. Well, those things are what people are pulling out money for now. The right things, not the craziness. And, and, and the other thing that everyone's got to understand, today in this country, and there's an unbelievable number, Tom, people are going to call me on this number. So I want everyone to know this is an accurate number. You're not going to believe it. You're going to call me and say, Steve, prove that to me. I'm telling you it's an accurate number. 48% of the houses in this country have at least 50% equity in Wow. 40, almost one out of two houses have half their value in equity. If people are pulling out 10, 15, 20, $30,000 to invest in themselves in a business or their kid, that's all good news. That's gonna make America better. It's gonna make their families better. It's gonna make their neighborhoods better. So absolutely,
0: yeah, absolutely no bubble. People spin that. People spin that like it's a negative. Okay, so give me the stats one more time. You know, $824 billion taken out in refis that was sort of the, you know, precursor to the explosion right, everyone of the tapped all
1: their equity to get, people were borrowing every single penny in their house to buy three more houses. Yep. So what was happening is they had no equity in that house, they bought the other houses with as little equity as possible, and the way banks were going there, they, there was all sorts of games being played. And at the end, they wound up with no equity when prices dropped, and four mortgages instead of one.
0: Okay, and today, today we've got a 21% increase in tappable equity, tappable meaning the equity. amount of
1: equity, if we leave 20% yep. there, right? so prices drop 20%, they'd still be okay. Yep. 21% increase in tappable equity, a much higher increase in total equity, to a 21% in tappable equity, and they're taking out one quarter of the amount of money that
0: they took yeah. out you know, before the start. They're not taking money out to do stupid stuff. All these stats, I'm just thinking for you know, every agent, at the end of the day, it just comes down to whoever has the most information, whoever has the right information, the right data points, and then your believability to present it, that's the one that's controlling the narrative and that's the one that's gonna be helping the vast majority of buyers and sellers. Here's the big challenge on that, Tom. I'm not worried about
1: them being prepared at a listing presentation for some crazy questions. I'm always worried about the pre-appointment appointment. appointment. When they bump into a seller or a buyer at the daughter's basketball game or at the, the ballet or at the supermarket, all right. And, and they say, well, I was thinking about selling my house, but I hear mortgages are getting crazy. Anybody can get a mortgage again. That means we're about to go into a bubble. I ain't buying anything if the price is about to crash. Yeah. See, I just read a report that, um, you know, people are starting to tap into equity and wipe out all their equity again. That's what caused the last, you know, housing crash. I ain't doing anything right now. If you can't answer that at the basketball game intelligently, at the basketball game or the ballet You never get in front of them at the appointment. You never get to sit down with them to list their house in their kitchen. You never get the son and daughter that's thinking about buying a house into your office. because you blew it on the pre-appointment appointment. appointment. We tell our KCM members, you better have these things. Here's the seven questions that people are going to ask you. Put them and have the stats, the charts, right on your iPhone. So when they say, hey, listen, I was going to sell, but this is why. Just say, hey, listen, let me show you one graph to explain to you what you're thinking is not really true. I know people are saying that, but let me show you the real numbers. Yeah. I'd love to share more with you, but we're, you know, the ballet is about to start. Why don't I come over tomorrow afternoon, say two o'clock, and we'll sit down and we'll answer all your questions. Now you're that expert. Now you're that trusted advisor. You said at the very beginning of this that as soon as change happens, you know, people get concerned because doubt starts to come in. Well, that keeps on going, and I know you've talked about this. Doubt turns into fear, and fear turns into paralysis. Yep. We have to stop that at that pre-appointment appointment, right before the ballet, in order to get them to their house so that they do make the right decision. Not a decision based on some lunatic that put a YouTube thing out saying that it's going to crash. People keep on looking for proof that the market's going to crash, and they come up with these these crazy doomsday scenarios. If that's what somebody's looking for, tell them this. We just landed a rover on Mars. I don't think we got permission. Now, the reason we didn't get permission is, you know, most scientists don't think there's intelligent life on Mars. But let's assume we were wrong. Let's assume there is intelligent life on Mars, and they have intergalactic spaceships. If they get really mad at us, the angry marchers get in the spaceships, attack the Earth, and we would probably do a pretty good job of defending ourselves. But let's assume... They have super-duper ray guns that all they have to do is point it to a building and the building evaporates. That would crash the housing market. There's a scenario they could run with, all right? And I even have the title, if I want to get clicks on my website, Housing Market Under Attack, Values Disappearing. I could run that article tomorrow and get tons of clicks, but that's what people are doing. When you, you get past the headline, it's all fluff. The reason they wrote the article was to write the headline. The reason they wrote the headline is to get clicks on a website that in any other case wouldn't. But if you don't know that, then when a homeowner looks at that headline, they're saying, "Uh uh-oh, it's time for me to back up. When a prospective buyer looks at that headline, they say, it's time for me to back up. We have to fight those things. And just so that you know to fight that myth, I made that up. I don't think there's any intelligent life. I don't think they have intergalactic um, spaceships. And they probably don't have super duper
0: radios. I have to tell you that was one of the funniest little examples. I'm looking at my writer over here, Mark. We're both giggling, like you know that. But you know, you're talking about clickbait, right? You're talking. Everyone watching yes. this knows you're you're at the grocery store and you look over and there's like you know the National Enquirer. And it's like Michael Jackson's alien baby, <laughs> right? It's the same thing, right? You're like Michael Jackson had an alien. Let me check that out, right? And it's it's the same mindless nonsense to get us to respond and to react, right? So so I got. Three last questions. I'd be remiss if I didn't say, Steve, what are the seven questions that agents are being asked right now? You, you mentioned that earlier, like a very well, typical KCM. Most of them have to do with the bubble. Most fear is about the bubble. Yeah. So they're,
1: yeah. they're looking at situations like, are lending standards getting too, too loose right now? Yeah. You know, I keep on seeing these ads and say that, hey, listen, we can do this, this deal with 3% down. Here we go, we're going right back to, yeah. um, you know, the same challenges we had in 2006 and 2007. We have That's a question a lot of people ask. And I get the thinking because just like there's clickbait, there's those, you know, teaser ads that they have one mortgage for the perfect guy that has a million dollars in a bank that's still looking for a $100,000 mortgage. And they can do some great work with that guy. Yep. Everyone else that comes, I say, oh, no, we can't give you that program, but we do have this program. Yes. So we have to take a look at that. And and that's a big question that people ask us. They ask us about the cash-out refinances. They ask us about, hey, listen, prices are starting to moderate. They think they're depreciating. When the headlines are prices going down, they don't take the time to say price appreciation is going down. Prices aren't going down. So they think it's a. De- now, I do think that in some markets, and the markets have just skyrocketed, we might see a little depreciation in those individual metros. But across the country, we're not heading toward another crisis. So it's, I don't have to of them off the top of my head. I have them listed somewhere, but I will tell you that it's almost every, almost every one of them have something to do with the bubble. They are afraid that we're going back to 2008. So whether it be lending standards, whether it be cash out refinances, whether it be prices are dropping, whether it be the inventory is increasing, all of those things. Well, they'll argue, well, interest rates went up right before the last, no, they didn't. Interest rates went down right before the, the bubble. So you're wrong yeah. about that. So yeah. they do all those things. Now, the KCM members, when they sit with them, they start with the national market. Let me tell you what's happening in the national market. Let me tell you what some people are saying. Let me tell you why that's not the case. Okay? Yeah. And then they get into the local market. They've already proven they understand. Because especially you have a lot of agents in the luxury market or the upper end market. Where are they getting their news from? The Wall Street Journal. Yeah. They're listening to CNBC. They're reading Barron's or listening to Bloomberg Radio. They're all reporting on the national market.
0: No, Steve, it's worse. They're getting their news from the agent down the hall who hasn't made a call in three months (laughs) and has one super overpriced listing with a non-motivated seller. How's the market? Oh, man, it's shitty right now, Really? right? I mean, we're dying.
1: As long as we can sit down intelligent, like the best thing I can say to every one of your agents, some of them, the reason we're on this call is because they're a little nervous. All right. That's why they are on this call. So if you're a little nervous and you're coming, well, Steve will tell us what's going to happen. You want every one of the clients or every person in your marketplace to say, I'm a little nervous. I got to go call him or I got to go call her. You want to become me in your market because then that's what they, I'm a little nervous, but I know I'm going to get all the answers right now. It could be good news. They could be bad news, but I'm going to get all the answers right now. That's what they have to become.
0: So, so all my members watching right now and all my friends around the world, how long have I been saying to you, you need to be doing a weekly show called, How's the Market in Cincinnati, right? How's the Market in Croner Del Mar? And you know, by doing that, you become the expert. You become, I mean, see this is going back to our original mastermind group with you and I and Austin and Greer chatting about how do we help these agents position themselves with the right information to be the authority? Which leads me, I got two more questions. The last one is is probably the most important one, but this is, I know people are gonna ask, which is, hey, in addition to KCM, there's a lot of people, Steve, that they just, they wanna be able to say, I read this, and you know, this and this, and so give us just some of the things outside, like you pull all this data and create KCM. What else should they be reading? Uh, Well,
1: (laughs) If you took a look at all the things we look at, we actually just did a number. There are um, sources. We have a little over 5,000 sources we read on a daily basis. We don't read all 5,000 every day because some reports come out quarterly, some reports come out six months. But in total, we have, because we have to file them now, we have a little over 5,000 sources. So let's take a look at the best of the sources. I think if you read the Wall Street Journal, don't read just the title. Would read throughout the article, I think that they do a pretty good job of reporting on the market in a nice way. I think that the uh, CoreLogic has a lot of great stuff. They don't make it user-friendly. I still remember going to a conference a few years ago where a bunch of the data providers sat up there and said, well, the biggest challenge we have is bringing it the extra mile. All right. And what they meant by that, they can get all the data. They can't get a homeowner to understand it. Yeah, And uh, that's what really helped KCM along because we did make it simple and effective to communicate so core logic they could get the information you know i spend and this is not an exaggeration time i spend somewhere between seven to eight hours a day reading and we have three other research people that do the same all right so for you to say well what should they read well You know, well, first of all, they got to free up a lot of time to do that. But if they read the Wall Street Journal, if they go to CoreLogic, if they look at the Freddie Mac uh, uh, um, forecast every month, if they look at the Fannie Mae forecast, if they look at the Mortgage Bank Association forecast, if they look at the home price expectation survey that comes out every quarter. Now, it's not just reading it, because, and you know this better than I, it's not what you know, it's what you can communicate, it's what you can teach. Bingo. Seth Godin said something. You know, people don't believe you, but they believe themselves. All right. So, what I've always tried to do was with every agent that I coached when I was an agent, I try to get them to understand what I understand because then they don't have to believe me. They're going to believe themselves because now they have that belief. But that comes through education, that comes from telling, not selling. And that's why I love what you do on the fundamentals because that's what people need to do. You know, you know, Dave Ramsey says it best when you're dealing with stock market insurance and real estate. He mentions us specifically. He says, You don't want someone with the heart of a salesman. You want someone with the heart of a teacher. And I've really taken that, yeah, you know, and I know you have too, to heart. So we have to explain it. Now, that means you, you know, there's some level, you're asking the level for the agent to understand it. I think that that's an important level, but there's a different level, as we all know, to teaching something. Yes. A different level of understanding to be able to teach it. So I, I want to give them all this, st- And if they, if they go to our blog, they can see every day. We link right back to the reports we used. We're not trying to keep them from that. But they don't need to just have the dots. They need to connect the dots. And that's a little bit trickier, all right, yeah. because you have this report, this report, this report. And, and you might even say they're saying three different things if you don't really analyze them. But if you analyze them, well, then we're talking about, well, they do connect. And let me talk yeah. about the connections because we don't want to give them information. Those days are over. We want to give them insights. Yeah. All right. A lot of agents, you know, one of your, one of your chief competitors, if not your chief competitor, just did uh, something similar to this. They did a, a um, I'm not going to name the person, but they did, did state of the market going to 2019. And they yeah. said, well, let's see what economy is. And this is the three things they said. Unemployment is low. The economy is doing well. And a lot of Americans are happy. And I said, well, if you could find one American that didn't already know that, then, <laughs> then you could definitely list a house with a 25% commission because they're an idiot. Yeah. All right. Of course, everyone knows that. That's not the stuff agent, uh, consumers are looking for. What they're looking for is that deep insight. All right. All these things are happening. What does that mean to me selling my house? Bingo. All these things are happening. What does that mean to my son and daughter-in-law who just had a baby and are thinking about buying a house? because I'm sick and tired of talking about affordability. First of all, it's a myth that houses are less affordable than they were 30 years ago, 20 years ago. They've been less affordable than they've been in the last 10 years. That's because we're in the middle of a housing crash and prices went down 50% and interest rates were 35 If you go back to 2004, if you go back to 2000, if you go back to 1995, 1990, 1985, it's less expensive to own a house today than it was back then when you take numbers and everything and you know wages into effect. But that affordability issue that comes up, it's like there are people sitting there and saying, well, I can't buy a house right now because people say they're not affordable. Take a look at your rent, buddy. Let's take a look at where your rent has And then the, the, the tenant will say to me, well, I don't have to pay for, for, for uh, you know, home insurance. I don't have to pay for repairs. I don't have to pay taxes. Wait a second. You think your landlord is paying the taxes for you so you don't have to? You think the landlord's doing the repairs for you so you don't have to? No, of course not. They're all baked into the rent. Plus, there's another little expense to the tenant that's put in there. It's called profit. All right? So you're paying all those expenses plus one that homeowners are not paying, profit. They're keeping the profit instead of giving it to the landlord. And and I don't understand how people don't see that. Like, oh, yeah, the landlord's a really nice guy. He's going to pay everything for me so I don't have to pay him. No, yeah. that's not the
0: way it works. No, 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 no. I almost, uh, what's going through my mind and I want to ask the last question. And I think we both agree this is, you know, this is the cherry on top question. I really think that agents need to start doing a hashtag AMA show, right? Like an ask me anything, right? Yeah. And just start answering the questions. Cause you know, you and I are so, you know on the same page here that we need to be the educator but it's not just going, Here's the numbers, here's the stats. What does that mean? What does it mean to the first time buyer? What does it mean to the luxury seller who doesn't have to sell, but would like to sell? What does it mean to the movable middle who's thinking about moving up and maybe getting a, like, it's all about the interpretation of what they want. They want your insight, my friends. They want your brilliance. So that's, you know, again, an Ask Me Anything I show. they're you
1: big money to get it. They're paying you big money
0: to get it. Yes, they are. So let's, get, let's give them the last question, Steve, which is, look, in every, in every shifting market, and I've been you know, doing some talks after some of my clients gave me this little great line. They said, the shift is a gift, or the yes. gift yes. of the shift. You, you know you're going to use that one. Um, in, every, in every changing market, there's just certain things that the winners do versus the losers. What are your insights on what the winners have to do to maintain their dominance and continue to make 2019 their best year ever. Okay. I'm going to get a little stupid. You know, it's not the
1: Martian thing, but it's close. The, the, the There's two things agents are going to do over the next 18 months. They're either going to thrive, meaning they're going to have the best year they ever had in their life, or they're going to barely survive. And the reason the agents that are going to thrive are going to thrive is because there's going to be a whole bunch of agents that barely survive. So the agents who are barely surviving are going to run around, not try to get educated or anything, They're not only going to not fight the false narratives, they're going to believe the false narratives and run around like a chicken with the head chopped off. And they have to realize if they consider themselves themselves a leader in real estate in the marketplace, that's like captaining a ship. Imagine if the captain of the ship, its first sign of rough waters, ran around the deck, we're all going to die, we're all going to die. The whole crew would dive off, he'd dive off, the ship would run aground, sinking it and ruining all the cargo on the ship. That's not what heroes do, all right? That's not what the people, you know, the leaders do. And you have leaders in your organization. I told you that right from the beginning. Those leaders can't be running. They have to grab their crew together and say, we're going to bring this ship into port. We have value on this ship. Your lives are number one. And the cargo go down. And we're going to bring this. We're not going to be afraid. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. Maybe work a little bit harder because of the rough war, w- weather. And we're going to bring this ship into port. And every one of your agents has to realize the value of the cargo on their ship. Because what they have, they have the lives, they have the dreams and aspirations of themselves, their family, and the dreams of, and aspirations of all of their clients and their families. That's who's on that ship. They have to step up right now, not be that little, oh, my God, the whole world is coming apart. So this is what great agents will do. They'll, they'll follow seven words. Seven words, calm down, sit down, think, plan, act. Now in New York, it's 11 words, calm the F down, sit the F down, <laughs> right, think, plan, and act, okay? So we'll do, we'll do the rest of the country one. If they get yeah. those seven words, that's what, that's what you already have them doing. Yeah. All right, everybody calm down. Let's figure this out. This is in our control to figure this out. Yep. Let's sit down, put together a plan, which is what, exactly what you have them doing right now. Put together a plan, all right? Think through, put together a plan, and then let's act. That's what the great agents are going to do. That's the agents that are going to thrive are going to do. Now, they need two things there. First of all, there should never be a more of a commitment to fundamentals than right now. We can't afford to make stupid mistakes, they have to be committed. And again, I'm speaking to the choir here. I apologize, guys. You know, you've already invested time, energy and money in the best coaching system there is in, in, in the world for real estate. So I, I'm not trying to beat you guys up because they already do that. All right. But they have to be committed to those fundamentals, not those learning them, using them, the words you give, the dialogues you give, they have to be committed to making sure that they get that down. All right. And then they have to know what they're talking about. All right. You, you, you have them on iTunes. All right. They, they, they're going to get their word out. Now it's got to be a good word. You know, if the, there's so many agents that maybe know what they're talking about, but again, using that analogy, they're on eight track tapes. Nobody hears them. And then there are the agents that are all on iTunes, but some of them don't have a good singing voice. And the fact that more people hear them doesn't help them. So what I like to think in KCM, we kind of help you with your singing voice. All right. Make you a better singer, a better understanding of the market. And then, which is the second thing. First is fundamental, secondly, they have to know what they're talking about. And then those two things together, that's beautiful music. That's music people wanna buy and listen to over and over again. That's the music people wanna tell their friends about. Because now it's not, oh my God, what's gonna happen? It's more like, all right, this is under our control. And we have to realize a couple of dollars with an increased interest rate, is as important as getting our son and daughter into the house of our dreams.
0: I love it, Steve. You know, I, I would summarize everything you just said with, you know, it's, it's, if you don't discipline yourself, the marketplace will discipline you. Most definitely. This market, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I think a lot of us as we're planning 2019, we're searching for like, what's the theme? And I would say, you know, for the vast majority of people, the theme should be discipline, discipline strategy, discipline thought, D- discipline in what I'm taking in terms of input, discipline of calls and marketing in my language. If you follow the line of discipline, you will dominate this market. But if you go into this market in an undisciplined way in your thinking, in your strategy, in your language, in your marketing, the market's going to discipline you in a big way and that would just be a shame. You'll
1: barely survive. Yep. Doubling down on what you just said. When I was first in the real estate business, matter of fact, this my original broker just at my house down in North Carolina. He spent a couple of days with me, and we laughed the whole time he was there. But he used to tell me back then, and he used it again, you know, when he was with us. uh, He said, "Steve, you have to understand something. Right now, there's a bunch of agents praying the market gets better. All right, and what they should be praying is that they get better. All right, that's what they should be praying for." 100%.
0: I agree with you
1: 100%. You need that discipline. You need to be driven to be the best you could possibly be. And if you can't get to the best right away, just get better every day. You shouldn't be competing against those agents in your office that don't know what's going on. You should be competing against who you were yesterday. And that's one of the things I love about you. I love about your coaches because I've made a lot of friends with a lot of your coaches now. They drive people, not in a negative way, but they drive people to achieve the dreams that they told that coach they wanted to, to achieve. I, I always, I'm always afraid when I make the child analogy because I'm always afraid agents agent's going to think I think they're children. But I talk to your coaches. I talk to you. You know They love them like they're their children. They want them to be successful like you want your children to be successful. They want them to do the right things and be proud of what they do every day. And they want them to change the world. And one of the greatest things about our industry is that's what we do. We change every single one of those sellers' worlds and we change every
0: single one of those buyers' worlds. And, and that, that's really cool. It's really cool. I'm crying. I can't believe like, you got tears in my eyes. I uh, know, memory. man. I was like, wow, the Oracle's going, getting a little teary on us, so. My basic belief to all of this is home ownership is, is
1: important to every family, it's important to every, um, it's important to the country. Yeah. It's, it's so, so important. And we are the, the standard, not the standard, but we're the flag bearers of that. We have to never not believe that. We have to keep on going, you know, forward. You know, and uh, help people understand exactly what this means to them. And yeah. we do that by helping them make the right decisions. And that's what yeah. I love about you is that's what you're all about.
0: I mean, we've all heard it, know where you came from, know where you're at, know where you're going. And in this industry, those three things are so crucial. So, so Steve, I, I would be remiss if I didn't tell everybody watching right now, go to KCM. If you're not a subscriber, get off your booty and become a subscriber today. It is that important, right? To get all these pieces from them, all this information that you can then, you know, share on all your social channels, in your email, and most importantly, in your dialogue. Um, So as we wrap up, uh, I just want to say to everybody, you know, I wish you a powerful rest of the year. I'm not sure how many more live shows we'll do this year. Uh, but I can't wait to work with all of you in 2019. And Steve, from everybody at Ferry International, we wanna thank you and your family and the incredible group at KCM for the difference that you guys make. We love you guys and God bless.
1: Thank you so very much, Tom, to you and to everyone out there. Have a great holiday season, but remember there's gonna be expireds on December 31st. On January 1st or 2nd, be out there getting those expireds, especially at the upper end, they're priced wrong, you're gonna help them
0: get the house. Oh man, I love that we're finished. We're finishing with that. That made a whole bunch of my coaches happy. <laughs> hey, and there you have it. Thanks so much for watching this. Give me some comments, give me some feedback. If you got questions, make sure you do at Steve Harney on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. We wanna make sure you are informed and empowered to win and make 2019 your best year ever. Hey, I'm Tom Ferry and I wanna say welcome to real estate. Now there's a pretty good chance no one's told you there's an 87% failure rate every five years in this business, and there's only two factors. Agents don't have the tools and they don't take the right action. I'm gonna invite you to click the link below and get access to the tools so you can win in this business.